0: Gospel this evening kind of be kin to the big question: How are a few people going to be saved? How many people are going to be saved? Something that we should all have at least a little bit of investment in, because something we should all desire, right? We all want to be saved, or at least we don't. We don't desire the the, the opposite of that. When, usually, when we think about salvation, we kind of think of it as this end of life thing, like you know, when I die, I'm going to heaven or hell. Am I going to be saved? Someone, you've, someone may have asked you the question, you know, have you been saved? You may have heard that on campus. This idea of salvation, though, isn't just this end-of-life reality. It's actually something that's here and now. It's not like, where am I going when I die? But to be saved, this idea of salvation, is, am I under the protection, am I under the care of a Savior? Right now, am I under the care of someone who I believe is going to fulfill my every desire? And Jesus, he doesn't directly answer the question, are only a few people going to be saved? He kind of poses almost like a little bit of a riddle. He says, enter through the narrow gate. When we talk about entering through a narrow gate, you imagine a bunch of people who are striving to get into some, some small gate, like it's something worth fighting for. The thing I think about when I hear strive to enter through the narrow gate are those Black Friday videos. Where you see all the people who are like literally tearing down doors to get into whatever uh, they're whatever they're trying to buy. I don't know if you've seen those videos. If you've been there, if you have been there, then it's a miracle you're alive because it's insane. And so, what it it shows is how badly people want to get into that narrow door, right? You have to be, you have to be, you have to prepare. You have to be strong enough to enter, right? Jesus talks about being strong enough to to get to the door. How do we make ourselves strong enough so that we can get to that narrow door that he's talking about? It's the discipline of the Lord that the second reading is talking about. That's how we strengthen ourselves. We strengthen, our, just we train, just like anything else, we want to be stronger, we train. We subject ourselves to discipline. And so this discipline of the Lord that the second letter talks about is how we strengthen ourselves so that we can strive to enter into that narrow gate. When we think about discipline, I think a lot of times the first thing we think about is a parent disciplin- disciplining a child, right? And I think at least we all at some point in our lives have experienced some sort of discipline from our parents, maybe some more recently than others. <laughs> um, and so we, we, a lot of, we, we think of that as punishment, right? And we don't like it in the moment, but it's a good thing. Because what discipline does is it teaches us what's right and wrong. We do something wrong, we're disciplined, Depends on how hard we're disciplined, probably don't want to do that thing again. We don't like it in the moment, but it teaches us how to act rightly. And this idea of the discipline of the Lord, um, is, it, it's more broad than just kind of like a punishment. But it's an instruction, it's a teaching, it's a formation that shows us how to live, how to act rightly. And if you think about a parent, if their parent doesn't discipline their child, that child just kind of becomes a spoiled brat. Right? It's actually what's best for the child that they be disciplined, that allows them to be the full person that they're called to be because they're on a, they have a guide showing them what's right and what's wrong. That's what discipline does. Athletes see this super clearly, that in, in competing in whatever sport they're, 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 they're playing, they subject themselves to rigorous routines, to a discipline, day in and day out, that allows them to succeed, to be at top at top quality so they can perform as best as they're able. They subject themselves to the care, the instruction of their coaches so that they can perform at the best of their ability, so that they can be the best athlete in their sport that they want to be. They strive to enter into that narrow gate of sorts of playoffs or championship or state or whatever, whatever level we're talking about. That gives them the motivation to subject themselves to that discipline. And a lot of the times it's difficult. Um, When you're in the midst of practice, when it's hot outside, you're doing whatever the exercise is, it kind of sucks. It's difficult. But we know that in the end, in hindsight, that there's fruit that's born from that. The scripture says that later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness. The The difficulty of discipline allows us to compete and to succeed well in whatever struggle, battle, trial, uh, sport, contest, whatever we're trying to do. That discipline is what allows us to perform as best as we're able. And so God does the exact same thing in every aspect of our lives. That he has this desire for each one of us to be saints. He desires us to be holy, to live to the full fulfillment of the plan that he has in store for us and so he he gives each one of us kind of like a plan a, dis, a discipline to subject ourselves to so that in the end we can be that saint that he wants us to be that saint that he sees inside of us and so we on our part we do the hard part of living what we what we know he invites us to he allows certain situations to happen in our lives all directed towards our own fulfillment, our own growth, so that we can grow closer to him through those particular trials in our own lives. And what that does is that it's not proof that he's, that he's absent from us, but it's proof that he cares about us. Because the same way that if a child isn't disciplined, they kind of become spoiled brats, if we're not, spirit, if we're not spiritually disciplined, if we're not subjected to that discipline of the Lord, we become kind of spiritual spoiled brats. And so what this Lord cares about us so much, He doesn't want us to be that. He wants us to be holy and to be the saints that He's calling us to be. And so He he invites us to subject ourselves to that discipline, the daily struggle of our life. And usually it doesn't start with things big, dramatic. It starts with things very simple. Simple fidelity to the daily responsibilities of our life. Athletes, it's very simple. Faithful to practice. Faithful to, to competing in, our, in, the, in practices, the exercises, whatever we're doing well. Not cutting corners. And really giving our all every moment of every day that we're practicing. It's the same thing that he invites us to do in every aspect of our lives. To be faithful to the very little things of our life. There's a saint, St. Saint Maria Escriva. He's a saint from, um, from Central America. And he's got lots of great writings just about the daily practical things of, of just being a Christian. And he's very, just daily discipleship. And he has this thing that's always stuck out to me called the heroic minute. You may have heard of it before. The heroic minute, it's the first moment, right when you wake up, that alarm goes off. You have a decision to make. You're going to roll back over, or are you going to get up? And St. Maria Escriva is big on that heroic minute. He says that that's the first battle of the day. He says how discouraging it is to us when we when we start off our day with a loss of that battle. We snooze, we roll over and it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day, right? And he says that if we're faithful to that minute, that first decision, that instead of, you know, snoozing for 10 minutes or longer, we wake up, get out of bed, make the bed and offer that time as kind of offering to God our first fruits. Little things like that, he says, that set the tone for the rest of the day and rest of the daily struggle of our discipline. And God rewards those offerings a hundredfold. God, who's not outdone in generosity, always rewards those little offerings that we make for him. And those little offerings, they train us, they have an impact on us. They change our hearts just through, a, through opening ourselves to that grace that allow us to grow in other ways. And a lot of times it all starts with these very little things that allow us to get to that narrow gate, that build up the strength so that we can get to that narrow gate. But having the strength to get to the narrow gate is only the first step. Then Jesus says, then we knock on the door. And I think that's where we get kind of the more fundamental idea of, of, of how we, we attain this salvation, how we get through the narrow gate. So In the scriptures it says they knock on the door and Jesus says, I don't know where you're from. I don't know you. And they say, but Jesus, we, we ate and drank with you. We heard you teaching in our streets. We were with you. We strove. We were strong enough to get to this narrow gate. But he says, I don't know you. I don't know where you're from. It's kind of chilling words to hear Jesus say. You know, we could say, but we came to Adoramus. We came to not on bread alone. We came to Mass. We came to all the talks. We came to the retreats. We did all the things that we were supposed to do, Jesus. But do you know him? Does he know you? Because we can do all the right things, we can hear all the, all the right stuff, we can learn all about Jesus, we can know about Jesus without actually knowing Jesus and the concrete reality of our own lives. That's why we come here, that's got to be why we come here, that's got to be why we pray. To allow Jesus to know us in the here and now of each one of our lives and to allow him to reveal himself to us in those spots. That's what he wants to do more than anything. And that's how we enter into that narrow gate, just by letting him reveal himself to us and by opening our hearts to receive that revelation. And that's what he wants to do. and We just have to to give him the space to do that, to allow him to know us so that we can know him all the more. So how do we do that? How do we know Jesus? It all starts with the basics of that discipline. Of entering into that discipline, not just to to do the right stuff, but to really know the person who we're trying to to meet through that discipline. The discipline, it starts with the discipline of, of, of prayer. The discipline of not just rambling off words or saying all the things that everybody else is saying, or telling God what we think God wants to hear, but, just, but authentically sharing the desires and the feelings that are on our heart right here, right now, and allowing him to know us in that spot so that he can reveal himself to us. The discipline of daily virtue, the discipline of not just giving in to whatever is easiest or most pleasing or most immediately satisfying, but making the hard sacrifice of doing what we know the Lord is inviting us to. Sac- athletes make all kinds of sacrifices because they have this concrete goal, that they're, they're working towards, our salvation has to impact us and be just as concrete of a goal as, as, as the game does for athletes. We need to be willing to make the sacrifices so that we can attain that goal so that the Lord can know us and we can know him through in the midst of that struggle. The discipline of, of confession, of, that's how we most intimately know the Lord, by bearing ourselves to Him fully without holding anything back and allowing Him to reveal Himself to us, particularly in those most difficult struggles and most difficult areas of our life, that's where Jesus wants to know us the most. An opportunity that we have here every every single day. The more we know Him through all these different things, the more that we allow Him to reveal Himself to us, the more His grace can transform our hearts so that we can enter into that discipline all the more effectively, all the more not just something that we're doing, but because we know him, we're motivated to know him more and more and more. Like when you get a little bit and you need, you need more, we enter into that discipline all the more because he's leading us into that. And so that by that transformation that takes place, like the first reading said, all the nations may know, who the Lord is. All the students on this campus and in this city might know who the Lord is. That fire that we talked about last week continues to spread through those encounters of Jesus in each one of our individual hearts, in each one of those relationships, one person to another. That's how evangelization happens. That's how transformation happens. One person's impacted, and that impact spreads to one other person. And that spreads to one other person. And before you know it, hearts are are changed. So the invitation I think the Lord has for us today is how is he inviting each one of us in the concrete realities of our own lives to enter into that discipline? How concretely is the Lord inviting us to, to, to enter into the discipline that allows us to be the saints that he's calling us to be? Because we want to enter into that narrow gate. And it's simple things. Maybe it's... It's that heroic minute of how we start our day. think how we start our day and how we end our day are big things to look at. We start our day with that heroic minute. How do we end our day? Something else to lift up. Maybe offering the last minutes of our day to the Lord as as a time of examination. Lord, how was I with you today? How was I away from you today? Give me the grace to do better. So that the next day, we, we, we were ready to take that heroic minute and to, to live the, the discipline that he's inviting us to. Instead of endlessly scrolling, doing whatever we do, and then we're up later, we're tired, and then we, we fail at the heroic minute because we didn't get enough sleep. The start and the end of the day are two big things of how we enter into that discipline. Allowing ourselves um, to know Jesus in each one of those moments of our life. So we pray for that grace, and we pray that we might respond to the invitations he gives us to enter into that discipline so that we may become disciples. The reason those two words sound similar. The discipline is always directed toward making us a disciple of the Lord. So we pray that we might be those disciples um, every day. Amen.